Hello there, and welcome to episode 61 of Unknown Regions Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me, as always, is your other host, my son, Colin. Yo. <laughs> we are together yep. in the basamente. Yep. Honestly, it feels weird doing this. I know. It doesn't feel natural. Um, okay, two things, and then we will get right into Andor episodes 9 and 10. This is a double-decker episode. Yep. Um, <laughs> I sound bad. <laughs> I sound like my head is in a balloon, and that's what it feels like. Apologies for that, but I'm on, like, day 15 of this, and it's not going away anytime soon, so... I'm sorry, I might have to cough or have a cough drop in my mouth. Annoying, I'm sure. I'll try to minimize all gross sounds. Number two, if you were listening to this in real time, we are seven weeks late. (laughs) Is it seven weeks? If you are listening to this in the future, ignore what I just said. Everything's perfectly normal. True. Perfectly normal. (laughs) True. What does he say? Han? Oh, uh, situation... Situation normal. normal. Situation normal. Nothing at all. No time has passed, actually. No. None. Oh, actually, three things. Uh, happy third anniversary on Unreason's podcast. Oh, seriously? It's Uh, been three years? It's been... Well, it's been more than three years because we missed our anniversary, which was, like, December 9th or something like that. Oh, man. That's crazy. Three years. Wow. Woo! That's cool. I didn't realize that. I know, I kind of just thought about it about a half an hour ago when I was uh. looking up to see which episode will this be? Oh, 61. When was the first? Oh, yeah. Three years. Well, we've missed, we've missed a lot of weeks. I know, I know. <laughs> it's not like we're, it's not like we're, we've been workhorses at this or anything, but yeah. we do our best. I mean, we do many hours on each episode, too, so and it probably aver- it's probably not, it's not enough, but it's definitely a lot more than what it seems. There were just circumstances all year long, basically, that, that kept us from recording on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, but whatever. We are here now to talk about Andor, season one, episodes nine, nobody's listening, and episode ten, one way out. Nice. I keep almost calling it No Way Out because there's that movie called No Way Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With... Yeah. Kevin Costner and Madeline Stowe. Mm. I don't know who they are. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> no. Oh, you're no. clipping. Oh my I'm god, sorry. that's terrible. You don't know who Kevin me... Costner is? I probably do. Come on. You I probably do. do. He's on that show now, um, Yellowstone. Mm. But he's old now. Because, anyways, it's one <laughs> way out. It's not no way out. It's one way out. All right. So, uh, episode nine. I'm not going to yell nobody's listening, but the actual title has an exclamation point at the end. Oh, yeah? It's Nobody's Listening is the name of the episode. Directed by Toby Haynes, again. Written by Bo Willimon, again. Okay. Sorry, I'm, there's something weird going on with the That's mics. That's fine. That's fine. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to act like nothing's going on, and you're just <laughs> not letting me. Sorry. Okay, um, honestly, Dream Team. Uh, who? Toby Haynes and Bo Willimon, 
of the entire series, I think they're the dream team. Why are you looking at me like that? Who are those people? I just said the director is Toby oh, Haynes, oh, and it's written by Bo Willimon. Okay. Yeah. And they did, I think, what they do, the first arc? I think they did the first arc also. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I think they did other episodes, though. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to keep this on. Say something. Hello, hello. As loud as you hello, can. Hello, hello. Nobody's listening. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, now I hurt my throat. Great. Do -do -do. Tea break already. Should we restart? Mm -mm. <laughs> this is the kind of nonsense apparently people enjoy. <laughs> okay. Or so I'm told by our six listeners mm. outside the family. Okay. All right. So the title, nobody's listening. Direct reference to Rogue One. Do you think anybody's listening? I would think. Mm. At the end of the movie, oh, towards yeah. the end of the movie, they finally get the Death Star plans. You're probably right about that. Uh, you know broadcast to the rebellion and he says do you think anybody's listening mm. to Jin they keep doing this they keep like putting these little quotes or um or references and it's I don't appreciate it Bo Willimon <laughs> like these <laughs> all these climb references like knock it off you don't like those I mean I do but it also oh. hurts so I don't oh stop it I like them. I like them too, but it also hurts. Stop it. <laughs> okay, dude. Okay. All right, so this episode starts out with um, girl boss, Dedra Miro, who is suddenly absolutely terrifying. Oh, mean. Is, this, is this with Bix? Horrible. Yeah. Oh, okay. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, and she's, you know, interrogating her. And the very worst thing you could do right now is bore me. That's pretty cool. Um, scary. Scary. Her tiny little severe eyebrows. I think I've mentioned them before. Yeah. <laughs> How they're just like very, very um, angry eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in SpongeBob, when Doodlebob erases his, yeah. like draws on his angry eyebrow. That's kind of what they that, Yeah, I get that vibe for sure. Um, but I do always appreciate a fish, a, f a bigger fish reference in mm -hmm. Star Wars. And she says, you're caught in my net. Yeah, yeah. That whole are monologue. you a fish or are you a thief? That whole monologue is pretty good. I swear there's like 50 monologues in these two episodes. Name a monologue that isn't really good. Yeah, seriously. In this show. Um, and I don't even... I didn't, I didn't even know what to think about Gorst and his recording. Oh, yeah. Wild. I thought that was cool. I, you know what, though? I am a little disappointed because I was really hoping that we were actually going to hear it, and oh. we don't. Come on, man. Nah. <sighs> that would have been awful. No, it would have been good. It would have been good. They could have gone the extra mile, and they didn't. Um, I'm going to Her screaming's good, too, but... Oh, she's really good at screaming. Um, I'm going to file that under... I'm just curious what they would make that sound like. The Hitchcockian... It's scarier if you don't see it, and you just leave oh. it to your imagination. Yeah, that's true. Fair, fair. I mean, that's probably what it was going for. Exactly that. But, um... Because they show you everything. 
that was the one time where it's like, oh, that's weird that they didn't show you that. It was just really, it made, it reminded me that I'm not watching Star Wars for kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're just not Not watching Star Wars for kids, especially these last few episodes. Yeah. And the name Gorst, I mean, it's just a Nazi sounding name. Like, it sounds German. It sounds Nazi-esque. And I kind of did a, I did a quick Google search. Mm. And there was, in fact, a Nazi doctor named Horst Schumann. Really? And, oh, well. um. Interesting. Gorst is a verb, German verb tense. It's like, it's like okay. the tense of some other yeah. verb, but it's a word in mm-hmm. German. So, I mean, that is definitely what they were going for. The guy looks like he could be in Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's true. That is very true. Creepy as hell. I liked his acting. Dude. He's a good actor. Clearly a sociopath. He, he nailed it, yeah. Yeah. Nailed very it. very good sociopath acting. Like it's, it felt like he was like it felt like whenever he talked, he was like on the verge of a breakdown, mental breakdown, but he wasn't. What? Really? Well, yeah, he felt, it seemed like you were listening to him. Okay, sounds just like a normal guy talking, but when you look at him and then you compare what he's saying to how he looks, it's like, ooh. You get, it's like a tortured looking, it's like a torture victim looking guy. Like. The guy doing the torturing? Yeah. See, I got the complete opposite. Enjoys his work. Loves doing this. Well, yeah. Complete psychopath. Like on the surface, yeah. But it's kind of, I got a vibe, an undertone of like, oh, this guy is messed up. Oh. Well, he's messed up. That's for sure. I don't know. I'm overanalyzing. But. You're just a nicer person than me. I was I like, guess. oh, he's a psychopath. Enjoys torturing people. And not just torturing people. Torturing people with the sounds of dying children. <laughs> like, we, we didn't, we, we couldn't just have him torture her. We had to have him torturing her with that. Yeah. And the whole story about, he's just telling it very matter-of-factly. it's cool. Not cool, but... I was disturbed. I actually was disturbed by this scene. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're going to make an argument that this show doesn't feel like Star Wars, this scene did not feel like Star Wars to me. It felt very... The Americans, which... Oh, yeah. That's where... I think that's where Bo, Bo Willman comes from. He wrote oh, really? a lot of the... Or wait, I'm getting confused. No, that's not him. He wrote um, uh, the show with Kevin Spacey as the president. House of Cards. And, House of Cards, yeah. That's what this felt like. This felt very adult spy drama. Mm. Um, but anyway... When I did first see this several weeks ago, um, it struck me as because of your, because of your capstone project. That yeah, I was you gonna. Did, I was. I was actually just gonna say, <laughs> so which funny. which had to do with um, gun violence in schools. Yeah, this just kind of reminded me of um, the shooting where they took the sound of children screaming out of the video. Yeah. What's the name of that place? That I can't even remember the name is of the town in the Texas. The one that starts with the U? Yeah. Oh, Uvalde? Uvalde, yeah. Um, 
obviously they, I mean, I don't think that could have been a reference because I don't know. I'm not sure what the timing would have been, so. I mean, but I mean, it's just, it's just really, it was just really disturbing. Yeah. I, I, uh, I caught on to the weird connection to my own stuff with that. And I think I mentioned it to you too, because before you even watched the episode, I said, okay, there's going to be two things that you're going to get out of this one scene. One is going to be a reference to your capstone. The other is going to be that they basically used SRT, sound recording technology, which is your one of your majors, to manipulate these children's screams for, like, maximum torture effect. Right. You know, don't use SRT for, for evil, guys. That's not what it's for. Also, I feel like nobody's listening has multiple meanings in this episode. So obviously it's like a reference, direct reference to, um, you know, Cassie and screaming that later in the well, yeah. episode. And it's a reference to Rogue One. It's a reference in this case because um, he's using the screams of dying people or as he calls them sentient beings yeah. as a torture device. So, and he literally says... The massacre of the Dizonites was broadcast as proof of mission. Yeah. So they're dying and screaming, and nobody's listening, and nobody cares. Sure. That they're dying. So that's a reference. Later on, I think it's also a reference to Mon Mothma in the Senate. Like, she's mm. pontificating, and everybody's, like, telling her to shut up and turning off their lights and leaving, and nobody's listening to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. So... Again, like, this show is so well-written. Yeah, I mean, every episode's like that, actually. Like, every episode, the uh, there's, like, a I, there's a theme to every, every episode. episode. Which is, is kind like of what this. we always look at. It is. And sometimes we have stretches, like, it's hard to find. But this one's, like... I don't even feel like it's been hard to find it's in not any find. of these. In, uh, in other shows? Yeah. Sometimes I think we're making it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, These are real. Yeah. This show, we're not making it up. They're just that good at theme, yeah. I guess. Who was it on what other show that they were like, themes are for book reports? Oh, no, that was um, Chris Terrio, I think, said that. Themes are for book reports. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was him. That's funny. Yeah, well, it shows that he thinks that. Um, anywho... This edit is maybe one of my favorite edits of the entire oh, yeah. show. So they're torturing Bix, and it cuts from her screaming to the drill in the workroom at the prison. Yeah. And just... I made that. That the, was my work, my work on screen. They stole it from me. They did? Yeah. How did they steal it from you? That's exactly something I would have done. Oh, that, that is true. It does feel like something you do. Yeah. But in episode eight... Um, Dedra says we're going to drill down on Ferrix. We're going to drill down. Like, she uses that phrase more than once. We're going to drill down until we find... I think they're looking for casting at that point or trying to get information about Aldani. And that cut to the drill... It's yummy. Yeah, it's it good. was a yummy cut. Also, I kind of caught that the work table that they're sitting at... This was the first time I noticed this. Because it was shot from a certain angle. It actually looks like the top of the rebellion symbol. 
I keep meaning to point that out to you so you will notice it. I'll show you later. Okay. But it's like, you know how the little three thing, the three like little trident thing oh, at the top? Yeah, yeah. There's that and then there it comes down in a straight line and then there's like a like a circular part to it. Okay. That's cool. Maybe I'm reaching. Mm. I don't know though. Because uh-huh. the way that they shoot it, you really really it's kind of noticeable in this episode, I thought. Um, but the tables, the table, the guy, the guys at the tables are getting organized, and they have noticed that um, whenever a new guy comes to the workroom, the Imperials always follow a very, um, like, distinct pattern of behavior. Like they'll they'll have a guy walk past the window to look out the window to see that the work guys are like doing what they're supposed to be doing and then he'll walk back again to make sure everybody's on program and like it, they're noticing this pattern so um Cassian is basically trying to get everybody on board with trying to overthrow the the guards i guess even before we knew that like there weren't that many guards he was already kind of starting to figure out what to do Sir, what? <laughs> Dude, I'm hungry. No, you're not. You just ate dinner. Um, but what they're doing is they're going to the bathroom, and I think they're each taking turns sawing a water pipe in the bathroom. Hmm. And at this point, I'm like, I get it. It's water. It's symbolic. But exactly what? Yeah. What's the point, though? Like, what? What's that going to do for them? Right. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. Back to Luthen. Hmm. Well, Luthen was. Luthen was always like, you need to plan plan your escape. Oh, for sure, absolutely. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plan your escape on your way in, which is exactly what he's doing. But I was just kind of like, what's water? What's the water for? You know, I didn't. I couldn't figure it out in my head. And then, and whatever, whatever I would have thought of wouldn't have been as cool as what it actually was. Anyway, (laughs) but they've also noticed that the elevator isn't wired. So anything that moves in the room, like a, like the little elevator that brings the guys up and down is not electrified. So they're figuring all these little bits and pieces out. And I really, I thought that was really cool that they showed the progress of that. Oh yeah, totally. And they already, <clears throat> they already clearly knew what they wanted to do with the water in the bathroom situation. Um, okay. Uh, what did you think when you found out Vel was Mon Mothma's cousin? Um, I mean, I was pretty surprised. I was so surprised. Did not expect. Did not expect. But then I was like, oh my god, I love this, actually. I mean, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's like they have their, it's like they're a little Skywalker spy family. Yeah. True. So we're kind of getting like the Skywalkers, but, you know, they're not force users. They're, they're just rebels and they're spies and they're doing spy stuff. Oh, is that what you think it is? I mean, I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And also it was just really nice to have somebody that Mon Mothma could talk to that isn't mean. And True. In her, you know. She actually has a family member that she gets along with, which is nice. So they're actually cousins? 
Yeah. I keep sure seems like how it. How do we know though? How do we know though? Um, because the driver says your cousin is at the yeah, house. But she could be lying. Why would she be lying? I don't know. Because she's like a rebel. Nah, I, no, because no, because um, Perrin and um, Lita are both like Auntie Vel, and she's definitely a member of the family. Bro. Um, okay, so I'm skipping ahead quite a bit, but she brings up, Vel brings up the pilgrimage on Chandrila, and Perrin asks her if she's going back to Chandrila to find a husband. So whatever this pilgrimage is, it has something to do with, like, their marriage traditions, and... Honestly, I've been tw- I had been tweeting like constantly about how worried I was about Lita and that this whole there's just a whole lot of marriage talk going on in the Mothma household and how it just seems like something's going to happen with that. Hello? What do you what are you saying? I'm just saying that I'm saying that I was concerned that Lita was going to have some sort of marriage. Uh-huh. Something happened to her. And um, it's in the next episode. I guess I'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, that's just, just, I'm just saying, like, worried about Lita all the time. Because she's very vulnerable in this situation. Her parents don't get along. Perrin likes to pit her against Mon Mothma whenever he gets a chance. And we know at some point that Mon Mothma is going to go full rebel. And you can't do that when you have a child. Like, they're going to come after her kid. Yeah. And Perrin's useless, as far as I'm concerned. He would join the, he would join the Empire, like, immediately. <laughs> he just would. Yeah. If it was going to save his butt. So that's why I'm worried about Lita in this entire situation. I get it. Yes, she's a brat. Yes, she's annoying. She's also 13 or 14 mm. or whatever they said. Surprise. Sometimes 13 and 14-year-olds are annoying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just the way they are. That doesn't mean we need to hate her or hate on her, which mm. a lot of people do, I think. I wouldn't um, know that, but. Huh? I wouldn't know that, but. <clears throat> yeah, they do. What the heck? Um, even dad has been like, ugh, she's so unlikable. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> she's supposed to be. Need I remind you what our daughter was like at age 13, 14? <laughs> yeah. Not the most likable creatures on earth. But, For you sure, know, yeah. That doesn't mean we need to, like, sell her off. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Uh, okay, so back to the prison... They're in the little walkway, you know, like switching shifts, and there's a power surge, and it's very ominous. And rumors start swirling. Something happened on level two. Something bad happened on level two, but they don't know for sure because of all the sign language stuff. Takes a lot of time for it to travel up from from yeah. other floors. And um, Kino is really a, like shut up about it. Just shut up about it. We don't know anything. 
stop saying this stuff. Like, he's really mean to Melshi because Melshi keeps saying, like, they can do whatever they want to us. They don't have to even let us out. And he's like, shut up. And he keeps punching him. And, <laughs> and it's like, obviously, it's because Kino knows that's true. He absolutely knows that's true. But he's only got, what does he say, 217 shifts left. So he's just like, I'm getting out of here soon. Olaf is getting out of here in 40 days. Like, shut up about it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but other, uh, uh, it gets, it just occurred to me that in this, you know, how you we were saying there's like themes per episode. This one, the theme is very much like imprisonment. Yeah. It's an obvious one. Like Bix is being imprisoned. The prisoners are being imprisoned, but Mon Mothma is being imprisoned too. Mm-hmm. Very much so. True, Like, true. she feels like she's got this issue with this 400,000 credits that's unaccounted for, and she ends up having a conversation with um, her buddy, Tay. And she's just like, I don't know what to do. I have 400,000. They're going to start looking at my account soon. And everything's accounted for except for this 400,000 that we're using to fund the friggin' rebellion. Like, what am I supposed to... I don't know what to do. And so he suggests that this guy, Davos Golden, who he calls a Chandralin banker, but she calls him a thug. So you get the impression that he's, like, kind of like crime boss. Mm. Crime... He's got... He's the head of some big crime family um, syndicate, I guess. And he's going to come in handy, uh, you know, find some way to launder this 400,000 credits that she needs laundered. But um, she's being very uppity about it. She's like, I don't want to deal with him. He's a thug. Um, but, but uh, you know, Tay's pretty much like, just, just listen to what he has to say. Like, it's not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Just see what he wants to say. Have a, listen to what he wants to say. And honestly, I don't know whether your other options are. Because they're going to start looking at your, at your account soon. Mm. And if they do that, they're going to, you know, it all traces back to the rebellion. So it, you're going to have to do something. Maybe unpleasant, I guess, is the point. But at this point, um, we don't know what Davo's motivation is to even say that he wants to help or give suggestions as to how to help. True, true. So what do you think about him? Who? Davos Golden. Oh. Does he appear in this episode? Yep. No, they talk about him. Yeah, okay. He's in the next episode. Well, then do we talk about him in the next episode? Oh, I guess we can. Yeah. Um, Oh, Cyril and Dedra. Mm. WTF. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's pretty weird. Why are you pausing? I'm wanting you to talk about oh. what you think about it because it is so weird. I don't know. I mean, it is pretty weird. It feels like. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. I feel like I have. I'm trying to remember what, like, I, it kind of feels like, 
a freshman trying to date a senior. <laughs> I guess. Or a TA. Yeah, it kind of does. But that scene... Uh, the scene where he's like... The conversation we had, and she's like... It wasn't a conversation. I brought you in for questioning. It was an interrogation, you dumbass. Like, what do you think is that... What do you think is happening right now? And he literally just, like, smiles as she storms off. It's so weird. It's pretty weird. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like it. Yeah. I find it extremely... It's just... It's like a train wreck, and you just can't not look at it. (laughs) Um, We have no visual on Dedra's bonsai tree. I just want to make that note. Rip. No bonsai. I mean, it's. I'm not saying it's not there. We just don't. We didn't get a good look at her shelf. Mm. The other guy, I forget his name already. The other guy whose office we see, occasionally, you can still see he still has his sword on his desk or on his table, but mm. Mm. she doesn't have a bonsai tree, or she doesn't. <laughs> I don't know if she does or not. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It might still be there, but we didn't see it again. Okay. So that's worrisome to me. What if she got rid of her bonsai tree? Ah, dude. <laughs> I don't know if it matters that much. Uh, I think it does. I mean, she's clearly bad. Like I know. She's gone really, really bad. Yeah. I'm kind of upset about it. Mm. And I even think I tweeted something like, wow, it's going to be awkward when Cassian finds out his sister tortured his girlfriend. Yeah, true. <laughs> Yikes. I'm still on that train. I'm yeah. not getting off until they tell me to. <laughs> okay. I still think that that's Carrie. Maybe, yeah. Um, but what they also do is, uh, Dedra is so smart. Like they make her the biggest girl boss of all time, basically that you've ever seen, especially in the Imperials because dread. she's just like so smart. They've caught a pilot. She, you fig- know, she yeah. figured out that he works for Anto Krieger and that, so she interrogates that pilot. And he gives up the plan for the raid on the Spellhouse mm-hmm. place that they were talking about before. Wait, hold on. Pause, pause. Uh-huh. Wait, were you done? No. Oh, okay, keep going. But then she suggests that they make it look like this pilot's ship had a mechanical failure. And he's dead because of the mechanical failure. And then they just let the ship kind of drift into traffic lanes so that Anto Krieger doesn't realize that he's missing and been captured he just thinks oops he had a mechanical failure so that they'll go ahead with the raid so that they can catch them it's pretty smart it's strategy she's very smart i was gonna say uh oh i was gonna say i would be interested for someone out there to take every clip with dedra in it and just put it in a chronological just edit a video edit to see her character development because I feel like every scene with her character every scene adds development to her character until the very end of the season like I'm tell I'm I I really do wonder if like if you watch every scene she becomes worse and worse and worse and she worse does. and worse and worse. But but it's so good. Like sometimes I think sometimes 
characters like that, like, they have, like, a stagnant period, mm -hmm. but then they get worse. It's like, no, it's like a constant incline, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's like, actually, I think secretly that's why you like that character so much, partially. Oh, I don't think it's a secret at all. It's definitely part Well, it might be the main the reason, reason I, I'm thinking. I may, might be, like, subconsciously, it's like, you're actually watching someone. It's kind of like the reverse of Cyril. Because Cyril literally starts somewhere and then drops off the face of the planet. She's like starting somewhere and then going up steadily. Yeah, true. It's interesting. It's interesting. I think, I think her character development is probably my favorite. She might be my favorite character in the series as well. And it might be for that reason. She's very, very interesting. She's been interesting since, I mean, in all credit to that actress, Denise. Yeah, dude. Uh, I can't remember her last name, but um, because she has played it, like again, like she, that's how, like that got me. That gives me Breaking Bad vibes. Totally. Like it's like every episode. Because you're like builds. literally rooting for her in the beginning. Yeah. Some exactly. somehow, like, why yeah. am I rooting for an Imperial? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But then you're not. But now she's just like full on torturing people. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Being pretty gross mm -hmm. and getting people killed left and right, and she doesn't care. It's fine. And I'm. I might say I might say that her character development is better than Andor's. <laughs> I don't know, man. Because like, let's look at Andor in the beginning of the series, mm -hmm. and let's look at him at the end of the series. Is there a big difference? Maybe in what he believes and stuff, but is his person different? No. This this season, this yes. season, and we can't talk about the finale yet, but this season, there's definitely we a We can't talk about the finale. It's over. We can literally talk no, about anything. No, we we're talking about 9 and 10. We'll talk about the finale next time. But his character arc, there is definitely a character arc because he starts out being just like, I'm all for me and my mom and that's it. Like, I don't care yeah. about the rebellion. I'm not dealing with that. Okay, and, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. You're right, you're right. But but that's more... Until that's, his butt lands in prison. But in, that's... In the special seven prison. <laughs> but that's more of a switch than a development, I would say. I guess. Dedra is a straight up ramp. Like, yeah, that's every true. scene builds more to the ramp. Yep, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm on board with that. But I love the dyna the dynamism? Dynamism? Dynamic? I, I, love the I love the dynamics of the characters in this series. Like, it's super cool. Because, honestly, a lot of these characters, I don't remember their names. There's so many. But, um... I'm so bad at They're names. all distinct, though. So, that, I think it's just because I'm bad with names. Because they're oh, all yeah, very distinct. Sure. Different characters, which is cool. But also, like... I said she might be my favorite character, but the only person who contends with that is, uh, oh yeah, uh, he's pretty good. Him? Honestly, I did. <laughs> but it's funny he's forgettable. But um, what's that? What's that nerd's name? Who's writing manifesto? Oh, Nemec. Yeah, I love Nemec. Nemec Nemec is proving to be crucial, bro. Crucial. He's like show. he's uh, he's kind of like the voice of the revolution. He is a little bit. It's absolutely the truth. And 
I, I don't I, I like how it's a young person. I think it's cool too. He's a young guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, very lame is very like super. Very lame is. Um, like runty. Kind of, but he's really smart somehow. Also, the fact that there's a manifesto in the show. I know I'm going off. <laughs> I'll stop. No, the manifesto turns out to be um, the linchpin. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I hope we have more of it. Is there a second season? It's a dumb question. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they're filming already. Or they're about to start filming. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, Dedra has gone from, you know... Stop Stop trying to push her down to, oh, please push her down. <laughs> She's got to control. Is there any other character you can think of like that? Um, I mean, there are people you can think of like that. Real I mean, people. like you said, I mean, it's a it's a Walter White situation. It really I guess, is. yeah. I mean, it's a little different, I think, because he's, like, doing it for a cause other than himself. Like, he's doing, he starts doing I things. guess, but you do root for him at the beginning. Like yeah, you, that's true. Everybody was, like. It's, it's almost exactly the same. Kind of on Dedra's side at the beginning. Yeah. Even though we knew she was an Imperial and that this can't go well. Like, she's... If she succeeds, she's going to be evil. (laughs) But the question is, is she still... Is she going to feel bad in the end? I mean, that leads to my... Because spoiler alert. My theory. Spoiler alert. Breaking bad bad spoiler alert. Oh, no, no. Don't do it. Skip, like, ten seconds. (laughs) Ten seconds, you won't hear it. Because he does not feel bad. So I'm wondering if maybe she does. Because that's a redemption kind of thing. So this is why I still think she's Cassian's sister. That's kind of the gateway that to that redemption. Is, that is why he... Because you know at the beginning of Rogue One, Cassian is kind of stunted. He's he's a, he's stunted and he's an assassin and he just kind of like I don't want to say gone off the deep end but he's he's killing people left and right mm-hmm. and he doesn't really seem to have a lot of remorse about that he's just like well it's what I have to do so I kind of feel like there must be something that pushes him to go from, like, rebel to rebel assassin. Mm. So emotionally, what would do that? One of the things that would do that already happens in the finale, so it's not that. Right. So what else might happen if he if he finds out that he abandoned his sister... In his, this is his eyes. Like he feels that he's abandoned his sister. Right. On that planet to die, but what if he finds out he abandoned his sister, the Empire got her and groomed her, and now she's like a super evil Imperial, (laughs) trying to kill him. You know what I mean? That's an interesting kind of possibility. Yeah. That's why I keep like thinking, oh my god, that would be that would really mess mess him him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he kind of meets Jin, and then she gets him kind of out of that. Mm. This whole, I've been in this thing since I was six years old, blah, 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 blah. But And she's like, and so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Whatever. Anyway, 
tangent, but a good one. Yeah. All right, so we haven't even talked about Olaf. Olaf is not looking good throughout this whole episode. Eventually, he has a stroke, which is very sad um, because, like I said, Kino had been resisting this whole idea from Melshi and Cassian that, um, you know, they're trying to figure out how to break out of this place. And Kino's like, would you just stop rocking the boat? I'm getting out of here soon. Olaf's getting out. Like, you're going to mess this up for everybody. Just knock it off. We're all going to get out. Just relax. But then, um, this is another example of just some of the best writing. Olaf mm. does not look good. Olaf has a stroke. That directly leads to them finding out that the rumor that something happened on the second level is true. Mm, yeah. And it's the impetus for Kino finally saying, all right, F this noise. <laughs> F this noise. You're right. We need to do something. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just, it's just like, just the way that one thing leads to another, oh, yeah. to another, to another, and finally he dies, and the doctor that comes in is the one that saw the 200 dead people on the second level. Yeah. Just the way that that all just plays out, and then the very last part of it, when he's like, how many... How many guards? Uh, yes. Never more than 12. Like, good. Oh, my God. It's fire. Fire it was, ending. It was a fire ending. Yeah. Oh, and also, Olaf is not a real name. Oh. Olaf. Yeah. Is a name. Yeah. Means ancestor's legacy or heritage. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Olaf being used as the one to... that. Gets Kino on board, basically, for this rebellion. His death was the one that, like, pushed the whole thing forward. And if you rearrange the letters, it spells fall. It doesn't spell it exactly, but... <laughs> Full? It spells... Oh, fall. F yeah. F-A-U-L. Anyway, it was kind of like, this is his legacy, actually. Right. His legacy is them all getting out, which is great. <laughs> I love it. Which is great. Okay. Episode 10, One Way Out. Woo! Also directed by Toby Haynes. Also written by Bo Willimon. All caps, water episode. I mean, the whole three of them, aren't they technically water episodes? I think I called episode eight uh, the water episode, but truly this is the water episode. Yeah, okay. This is my baby right here. Yeah. My sweet, sweet little water baby. I'm rocking a baby in my arms. Mm. Oh, is this episode eight in the season? Ten. Episode ten. Okay. Um, Never mind. Sorry. So, Olaf is bagged and tagged, and he's out of there. And they wheel the body through the workroom. Like, they don't even care if everybody sees him dead or not. Um, and they it cuts to this awesome scene. The scene with Cassian and Kino. Oh, yeah, the, when they're alone. That was just like, this. there are so many moments in this episode that are so Shakespearean to me. Yeah. This was one of them. That's very true. Very true. The ending too. Super Shakespearean to me. This was like, I don't know my Shakespeare well enough to like name a scene. Mm. But like when you're, when you're protagonist and your protagonist's 
I don't want to say like major antagonist, but like a some friend of his or something that they're having a big argument and disagreement about something. I don't know. I don't know why it felt so <laughs> Shakespearean to me, but it did. I don't know. And just the conversation that they have. If Andy Serkis doesn't get an Emmy nomination. Facts. I'm not sure what TV these people are watching. Because I, think, I think whoever the actresses for Dedra should get one as well. Honestly. And Luthen. And uh, I'm not three. even saying. Yeah. And, and Diego. Luna. Like everybody. Everybody is. This is like the best acting I've ever seen in Star Wars. And that includes Adam Driver. Bold. Yeah. I said it. You don't, do you disagree? Last Jedi, though? <laughs> Dude. Last Jedi in Snoke's throne room. Excuse but, me. But, here's, but it is consistent. But here's why That's it's so fascinating. Because this guy played Snoke. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, you have to keep in mind, like, his, he has the switch. Like, he can do different characters. And so, he basically... I, and I isolate them. Yeah, I saw an interview where he said, when they offered him this role, he was so fascinated because he's like i've played supreme leader snoke and now i get to play this guy yeah that's pretty awesome who couldn't be more different Mm -hmm. and like he get his own face you know know? think about his think about his character kino think about his character listen to his character right those three episodes Mm -hmm. does he ever sound like snoke the only time he tiny bit is when he's talking on the intercom because there's reverb involved i think that's the only reason why a tiny bit sounds like like this is a tiny bit i'm not saying like i disagree but i don't think there's any there's ever a moment where he sound he slips into that voice or timbre like i actually think it's like very impressive to me it's very impressive to me how he it is very impressive was not snoke it took me a couple yeah. watches to even be like, oh, he sounds a tiny bit like Snoke yeah. right there. Oh, okay. But it wasn't like, didn't jump out at me at first. But if you watch that scene with him I think he's, kind of tapping, he's tapping more into his British, I think, a little for this character. Does he have a British accent in this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does he? I can't even remember. He does. Okay. I believe you. I just, it's weird that I never kind of thought about that. Mm. Um, but that scene, you can l- actually watch the gears turning in his head no. from him, from, from, you know, him saying, Cassian, shut up about it. I don't want to hear any more about escaping. You're going to get everybody killed. And Cassian's like, no, this has to happen tomorrow. This is it. This is our one chance. They have already killed 200 people because they found out the truth. They know it's only going to be a matter of days before this whole place knows about it. And they're going to have more guards come. Because what we're doing in these workrooms is obviously important. And they need this work done. So they're going to do whatever they have to do. Yeah. To get control of us again. If we don't do this tomorrow when they send a new guy to replace Olaf, we're never get. this is it. Like, this is our one and only chance. And you, if you, if you kind of just ignore him and watch um, Andy Serkis' face transfer from 
just rage and just like shut up. I don't want to think about it. And you can literally see it move mm-hmm. across his face the minute he realizes he's right. Yeah. I'm going to drown. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. It, it, no, it's literally, he, you can see the, the, the thought go into his head. He's right. We do have to do this. I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. The end. Like, that's just... Because he knows all along, if we're making an escape attempt, it's got to involve jumping in the water. There's no, way, there's no way, other way off of this prison platform yeah. or whatever. Yep. Watch it again. Watch his face. Okay. Oh, that seems good. I, I Emmy nomination the, the just dialogue. from that alone. Nah, dude. I think he gets the Emmy nomination for... The scene when they're in the, ton- the, the hallway. Monologue. The monologue? No. The oh. scene when... No, probably one of his more underrated by most scenes. But when he, they're in the tunnel, and he, you know how he always yells at everyone to be on program oh, yeah, in the yeah, hallway? Yeah. There's a scene where he does that after the rumor has reached the hallway, and everyone's freaking out for a second, mm-hmm. and he gets everyone under control. And it starts... The camera, like... The camera, like what's the term? Dollies? Is that when it moves forward? Maybe. I think it's a dollying. The camera's dollying towards his face, like, really slowly as he's yelling out what he normally says. Mm -hmm. And as he's speaking, you can see it in his eyes and his voice, hear it in his voice. Like, he's super firm. He's super firm at the beginning of it and angry, like, how how he is. But then it starts to change. Like, it's, like, tuning. He's tuning his, like, mind. I think that was, I think that was in the previous episode. Where he does, I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah. Where he's like, just get the work his done. His eyes, his just eyes. Do dude. the work. His eyes. Yeah, his eyes are he something acts else. His eyes, very much. Um, and I have him on my list of. Please put him in Knives Out Three, Ryan Johnson. Facts. I would as love the bad guy, dude. I don't know. Maybe not. No, maybe cool like to have as a as a good guy. He'd be cool to have as like comic relief because I've seen him do comedy. He's funny. Really? Yes. Oh. I could totally see him in a comic role. That would be great. Mm. Um, so anyway, that conversation between the two of them, uh, he is just acting his ass off. And that conversation leads directly into them walking into the, you know, where all the beds are. And everybody's like, what's going on? What happened? This blah, 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 blah. Like everybody's shouting out questions. Oh, is this, this, is this the episode where he... No, this is not the episode where he yells at everyone in the bedroom. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's at the beginning. Because they come oh, yeah. back into the room after they've talked about Olaf, or Olaf and that tomorrow is our only chance. And again, like you've just watched this realization come over him that Cassian's right. We have to do this tomorrow. And what that means for him personally in that he's probably going to die because he can't swim... But, um, but this is another, this is one of like a few scenes where Cassian's like, tell them, tell them what's going on. Like he's pushing him in this episode multiple times to be like, be the hero guy. It's not me. It's you. This is your, this, you need to do this. He does. Cassian's trying not to be the hero. He really is trying hard. He's trying to get him to do it. Because he wants, you know, people respect him. You're the upper management. <laughs> people are going to listen to you. And if you're not on board, I can't get everybody else on board, obviously. 
So that that's another scene where he he's in his little bedroom and they're like the guys are all talking and yelling at each other about what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And that's when he yells something. Oh, he yells, no, no one is Dude, getting out. And you see this? the veins in his yeah. forehead pop out. Dude. So that line, I think I, me- I mentioned this, but I didn't articulate what I was trying to say very well with you off, off the mic. But that line is such an interesting line for him to say because in that same episode almost, or I guess in the previous episodes, he would he would say that, but he would say that in terms of, like, you're not leaving, you're staying, you're finishing, you're working, like, mm-hmm. you're not going to leave, like, just stay. It's easier that way, you know, kind of thing. Right. But the, the what I'm saying is that line has, like, a duality to it. Mm, that I think is does. really slept on. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty cool because when it, when he said that, the fr- I remember the first time I watched that episode, and he said that I was very confused because I'm like, "Wait, is he saying that he's enforcing that no one leaves? Is he an enemy now?" Like, right? What? But obviously not. The next thing he says confirms that he's not. I don't know. I thought. I think that that's interesting. It's kind of, it kind of gave me a weird feeling. Like, whoa. It was very. It was. It's almost as if because he was he shocked everyone in the room you know right everyone shut up it's almost like that line was meant to shock you into like not knowing Mm. what he was thinking like everyone shut up what is he gonna say you know good writing yeah it's this freaking episode it's good writing this is the episode they submit for the emmy oh yeah for sure i'm playing my keyboard i feel like as good as the finale is and it's good if they're submitting an episode for writing, for acting, for acting. Well, for yeah. him, obviously acting, because he's not in the finale. But yeah, if they're submitting an episode for writing, no, that's what I'm saying. This episode for acting. Yeah, and writing. Yeah, yeah. Because. Yeah. Oh yeah. The monologues alone. You know what? Hot take. Hot take. Oh no! Don't I'm sorry, don't bro. make me. I'm sorry, bro. I have kick you out to the curb, bro, bro. out of my house. I have to say this, okay? The first time I watched that episode, his monologue, Kino. Yeah. Weak. I was not in. I was not in. There was maybe a little bit of it I liked, but I was not in. But the next few times I watched it, I was like, okay, you look at it differently, because I because you have to acknowledge the fact that like, it's cool because the beginning of his speech, he's not confident. Right. And it's literally like a ramp again. And then Cassie and again is like it, It's it's actually What are you it's, doing? It, it's you honestly, need to inspire these people to move their butts. This is you're it's not It's actually the reason I'm not a huge fan of it or wasn't a huge fan of it completely was because the dialogue I, I thought the dialogue was not the best. I mean like it's not the best monologue in the show by far. Even though it seems like it it's should be. It's not the best monologue but, in the show. But that's but, hold not... Hold on, hold on, hold on. But... That's not um, his fault. But I'm saying his acting is the thing that made me like it. It's oh, actually uh, the acting. For sure. Because, like, I was paying attention to the words more, you mm. know? But... Honestly, how do you not like the words, though? They're super... I mean, they're simple for a good reason. <sighs> They're not that simple, though, because, well, we're not there yet. They're pretty simple. We'll get there. He literally so, says the words, we're sent to another prison to die. <laughs> it's like, that's, yeah. Oh, I'm clipping, though? I mean, 
he's only got a few minutes. Like, he doesn't yeah. have much time. He couldn't really mince words. Let's just say that. He couldn't be artful like Luthen <laughs> at the end. Right. He had to get his point across, and he had to inspire these people to want to jump several stories into the ocean. Yeah, I guess, I guess. That's so true. you have to be like, this is it, boys. This is all you, this is your only chance. And you, you if you see, like the part of it that got me was like, if you see someone who's lost or yeah, confused. That's, good. that's cool. Oh, I, cl- I clutch my pearls. He's a homie. For real. Because. And then there's that one edit, there's that one cut though, you see dudes getting trampled. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, people do fall down. Yeah, and get trampled. It's like, whoa, that's not what he said. I also liked that they showed the doctor in that moment. Heck yeah. Because he realizes, too, I think. Oh, what I just did. This is what I, I did this, kind of. Like, I helped this happen, in a way. Um, Anywho, uh, there's some killer lines from that scene also. Power doesn't panic. That was a really good one. The monologue? No, no, no. I'm I'm back in the room with Cassian and uh, Kino. Oh. Power doesn't panic. That's and good. something to the effect of, I don't know if this is exactly right, I'd rather die fighting than die giving them what they want. That's what he says. And then Kino echoes that later. Yeah. Delaney didn't like that. <laughs> Why? Delaney was like, isn't that what Cassian said? You were there. And you said, oh. yeah, and she's like, it's lazy writing. Oh, my God. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's to show that, like... He's learning. They've... He's learned. He's basically bonded. become of one mind. Yeah. The other thing that's really cool that they do... They do this two or three times in this episode is they show those two side by side in a shot. Like, the first time, they're side by side on program. The second time, they're side by side, like, doing the power strut, basically into the workroom after they've, after they've already devised their plan for escape. And then they show them again, like, running like bats out of hell to right. get out of there. And I think that's really... Um, I guess it's... it's They're purposefully trying to show you, okay, Cassian inspired Kino to be this hero figure. But then... Kino's kind of doing it back at Cassian once he escapes. You right. know what I mean? Because this is like all pushing him towards being a major player in the rebellion, mm-hmm. I guess. I really, really... The, the, it's subtle. It's very subtle, oh, yeah. Yeah. but it's super duper effective, I thought, too. To show those two side by side and like from where they started two episodes ago to now... Like, if Kino did make it, they would be buds for life, obviously. Right, right. And we're not saying he didn't make it. No, we're not. There could be a boat. Nobody. True. No dead, as far as I'm concerned, especially in Star Wars. True. Okay, so... um, Oh, so again, they... My favorite shot. They wake up... In the whole series. What? We're not even talking about it. What is it? It's the one when all the Imperial officers are, like, hitting, hiding behind that door, and you can oh. see through the slit. Yeah, because we haven't gotten down to... That's all, like, this stuff down here on my paper. <laughs> we just we're, we were just talking about the monologue. We're no, I know. About the, I know. We're, we're bouncing around. We're, bou- we're bouncing around quite a bit, but... Yeah. Another line that was great, because that at the end you realize why it really is sad, is 
He says there's only one way out. I'm going to assume I'm dead already and take it from there. Yeah. Fire. Dude. Fire. I love him. Who? Kino. Oh, yeah. Fire, 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 fire. Fire, fire. <sighs> um, just a quick mention of the meeting between Mon Mothma and Davos Golden. Like, have you ever heard cool of name. a more villainous name than Davos Golden? Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty skull then. Like, yeah. come on. Um, but yeah. He wants his son to marry Lita. Uh-huh. In exchange for hey, his help. Culture. The culture be like that. It's just really, really interesting that they have been very, very slowly teaching you about marriage culture on yeah. <laughs> Chandrilla. Yeah. They're literally been cool. telling you this whole time. It's pretty cool. Pay attention. To marriage culture, because yeah. it's going to be important. Yeah. Again, another example of just flawless writing. Sorry, but oh, that's yeah. flawless. Because yeah. it was so subtle that I don't think a lot of people picked up on it in relation to Lita until this episode. Hmm. But, like I said, for some reason, my mind went there pretty early on that I thought, this is a perfect way, this is a perfect way for Mon Mothma to... I guess put Lita somewhere where she's going to be off Coruscant, mm-hmm. A, and B, this guy does not like the Empire. He might be a thug and a criminal, but he does not like the Empire. Mm-hmm. And he's already said, I don't care about money. Mm-hmm. So basically, there's nothing the Empire can offer him to get him to turn on his family, it would seem like to me. It's very complex. Right. So you see, you uh, also you see, um, Genevieve O'Reilly and her acting. Ooh. Brother, finally. I just am. I'm blown away by these actors. Honestly, is this the one where she cries? No. No, this is the one the where one. he he and Tay Davo and Tay leave the room, and she is like, yeah, having a panic attack. Like yeah. she can't breathe. Yeah. Basically, she's sitting like a statue. And all you can see is, like, her... Good mom She's acting. trembling. Like, she's not... Good mom acting. Yeah. She's very upset at this point. But, again, if you think it through, this guy wants his son to marry her daughter because he's a criminal and everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody on Chandrilla. Yeah. He, he kind of lets it slip, like, well, I got invited here once, but then I never got invited back again. Which means, like, he's he knows he's not. Um, Wait, by the way, is her house old money? Is it in Chandrilla on Chandrilla or is it Coruscant? What do you mean? The house that we keep seeing, Mama. No, house. that's Coruscant. That's okay. a, that's the embassy. Okay. They even talk about like, this is the embassy. We're not allowed to change the decor basically very much at all. It has to stay traditionally tra- Chandrilla. Right. And that that whole conversation seems like a lot of small talk, but it's actually giving you little nuggets of important important information. Like, again, this guy is bitter about the fact that he was never invited back to the embassy Mm -hmm. because he wants legitimacy, basically. Mm -hmm. How do you get that? If you're a criminal, my son marries your daughter, who's like old money, Chandralyn respected name, you know? 
It's okay. such good writing. I'm telling you. Let's move on. Let's I'm telling move, let's, you. We gotta get to the good part. Um, but anyway, to say that she's not gonna do it, like I had a lot of people telling me she's never gonna, she's never gonna allow this. I'm like, yes, she is, Dude. because she's going to realize that she will be safer. Yeah. With this crime bro. family, it's a win-win-lose rather than a win-lose-lose. Like she may never see her again. Legitimately, may never see her again. But at least she knows she's married into a family that also hates the empire, that doesn't care about money or need money, and is going to keep her safe. I think that's what's going to end up happening. She's never going to see her again, which is tragic. (laughs) And that plays into the whole Lita, Leia, they're similar looking, you know what I mean? Like, she's probably going to look at Leia later on and be like, Oh, damn, you're reminding me of my daughter. Ugh, this hurts. Ouch. But also, my daughter, last time I saw her, was kind of bratty. Do you think in the series? Um, no. Hmm. But in her mind, you know, she knows Leia, obviously. Right. And when she looks at Leia, she's probably going to think of Lita. You know, it just, it's just, uh, we were never going to see that, probably, but you can extrapolate. Right. Okay. The, the breakout. Let's talk about the breakout. Um, we talked about it, basically. No, we have not. The water thing. So finally, I understand why they are trying to bust a pipe in the bathroom. <laughs> because it will short out the floor. Yeah. I'm sorry. I did not pay attention in physics class. I did not realize <laughs> that water would short out the floor. And I feel like they were kind of taking a chance on that. Oh, yeah. They didn't know. You don't think I they mean, knew but, for sure? Well, well. There's a, there, you do know that Andor had uh, some teachings about engineering and electronics from his, that is true. P- his papa. That is true. Mm. Oh my God. The writing in the show. I think they've covered every single freaking base they could possibly cover. Mm. Anyway, um, this becomes the actual water episode of the show because the water facilitates their escape by neutralizing the floor through which they have been controlled this entire time. And we've already talked about how, like, them being barefoot is very symbolic yeah. of being, you know, um, captors, but also, like, because here's grounded. the thing that's grounded, exactly. Like, this is the grassroots of the rebellion right here. Yeah. It's a microcosm of the the larger rebellion, mm-hmm. when you think about it. Like, they have mechanical parts to some sort of imperial machine that they're working on with their hand. We've talked about the hands and the feet and the whole yeah. thing. So I won't reiterate, but we did talk about, I think it was episode eight. We talked a ton about it. Yeah, yeah, we did. But here's where I was like, oh, they're obviously going to steal the boots. What? I figured they'd get out of there and they would, because the, the only floor that's not activated is that room, basically. What room? The room they're in. What are you talking about, boots? The boots that the guards wear. So oh, they oh, yeah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. get electrocuted okay. I forgot, accidentally. I, I, I forgot they had those boots. I figured the second they get into that control room, they're going to put on the boots. No, they just turn it off. And they don't. <laughs> but then I'm like, but, but. All the other floors are still active. They could still get electrocuted. So why wouldn't they? T- why wouldn't they steal the boots? 
but they don't steal the boots because... Information's not going to get there in time. It didn't get there in time. Well, I guess there's that, but I'm speaking, like, symbolically. They didn't steal the boots because, no, we're the the rebellion. Well, yeah, that's kind of... No, And we're, like... I mean... The grassroots ground floor of this rebellion, and we are not going to put your stinky imperial boots on, even if that might help us out a little bit, we're not going to do it. We're just hauling ass, and we're getting out of there in our bare feet. Yep. Because guess what? We beat you even in our bare feet. <laughs> That's true. So I kind of liked that they just ignored the boots. Hmm. I totally and forgot about the boots, took I, off running. actually. Um, and if... <laughs> I want to I wanna climb count... How many times have they, again, brought the word climb or climbing into this show just to make us hurt, just to remind us of K2. Rip K2. Low blow, not fair. Because Kino says it three times. Well, it's a reference to Nemec, really. I think in this Well, Nemec is a reference to K2. Yeah, but I think this is referring to Nemec. You know what I mean? Well, both. Fine. It's both. Kino literally says the word climb three times in this Mm -hmm. episode. Well, okay, climbing. Climb, climbing, and then another climb. (laughs) And the next episode literally starts with them climbing. (laughs) Never realized that. Yeah, it does. But we're not talking about that. We haven't seen that yet, in theory. (laughs) Um, But anyway, okay, the water... The water starts to leak down yeah. to the lower levels. A very un see that poorly constructed floor, by the no, way. No, I'm gonna say though <laughs> that decision to film that was so unnecessary unless it was for. Uh, I mean, it was I don't know, like something about it was like it was unnecessary. Like they didn't need to show you that, but like I don't know, that got you hyped. That <laughs> got you hyped. They needed to show us that to show us that. The water is leaking. It's leaking. It's spreading and it's leaking everywhere. And it's their basically savior. The water is their savior. It's also going to kill some people. But um, as it always does. But it's like the rebellion. It's leaking into all Mm -hmm. these other rooms. And all these other levels, because as we know, they're on the fifth level of seven, mm-hmm. and on the eighth level is the control room, mm-hmm. which they eventually get to. Um, so they get in there, and there is literally a graphic of a flower. <laughs> Yes, yes. That shows all the different workrooms on each floor, and it is arranged... In a radial design, and it looks like an an actual flower. Yeah. Should I give my lotus talk right now? I feel like I'm going to give my lotus talk right now. So if you look, they show when they finally like all get away, they show an aerial view of the um, platform of the prison, which is floating in the water, uh-huh. like a lotus above does. surface, above the surface, like a lotus does. The rest of the prison is, like, underneath that. Mm-hmm. Like the stem of a lotus flower. And the whole deal with lotus flowers are, there's pretty much 
this goes back to the whole seven being a really important number in this prison. And the number seven being very meaningful in a lot of religions and a lot of spiritualities. And the number seven representing um, magic or transformation or, re you know, lots of different things of that nature. Well, a seven-petaled lotus flower just <laughs> happens to represent the seven chakras in Hinduism. And if you are balanced in your seven chakras, you achieve enlightenment and transformation. This is true. And what happens in this story, basically, of him in the prison? He goes into this prison shook, mm -hmm. uh, terrified, not not trying to be a hero. Yeah, That's for sure. Mm -hmm. He just keeps saying, I'm just a tourist. I'm mm -hmm. just a tourist. I have no... This is, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just a tourist. It's not his job, he feels, to be a rebel anymore. He walked away from Aldani. He didn't want any more part of it. He comes out of this prison completely transformed into a new person. True. Who is, like ready to join the rebellion in the end so this whole lotus flower thing i just jotted down um something just a general thing i found on the internet uh the lotus is a symbol of new beginnings spiritual growth empowerment its unique ability to grow in muddy water represents the ability to rise above adversity and bloom regardless of circumstance you know what this is a good opportunity to bust out my my lotus poem. You remember that? Oh, yeah. The, um, the lotus poem can literally tell you everything you need to know about this. Thematic, let me just finish what I wrote down real quick. So okay. the sevens in the prison meant that this is the place where Cassian's going to basically emerge as the hero that the rebellion needs eventually. Yeah, yeah. And the water aspect of it is meaningful in that, you know, water obviously always represents, you know, rebirth and renewal. Beautiful, gorgeous, absolutely. That's what you need. Metaphor, symbolism. Like, I could and not. And with the people leaving when they were, like, swimming out of the, the structure. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like, like seeds. Seeds. I just talked to Brandon Boylan today about how. When I first saw that, it reminds me of when you like blow a dandelion. Yeah. And the little seeds go everywhere. True, 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 true. And then he was like, or other kinds of seeds. And I was like, yep, they're mm. swimmers. I mean, <laughs> dude. There's that. Right, there's that too. Yeah. I'm going to stick with the dandelion seeds. Yeah. Just to stay with the whole flower metaphor. I like yeah. it a little better. Anyways, go ahead and read your poem. Oh, I'm not going to read it. Oh, you're not. I'm just going to look at it. <laughs> oh my god all right fine um we can put it on the in the show notes though is that a long one i can't remember it's it's one of the longer uh, ones yeah all right well we can still put it in the show notes um it's actually inspired completely by star wars too if you read it it's like entirely oh right. Star Wars. Yeah, that's related. right it was i forgot yeah so i know okay you said you kino's monologue isn't your absolute favorite but um i do like that it's reminiscent of Jin's speech that oh, she yeah, gives in Rogue One. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. I see. I see that. And I also like that he says there's 5,000 of us and 
Yeah, that's kind of an interesting because <clears throat> Andor in Rogue One he says make ten men make look like a hundred. Ten men feel like a hundred, and this guy's basically like we have five. There's five thousand of us and twelve of them on each floor. There is no contest here. We overpower them by far. Do you know? Uh, do you know that story about the the? I think I think it's a Canadian soldier in World War Two who fooled like a more than a uh, uh, like I think. 60 or something soldiers german soldiers that there was an army outside somewhere (laughs) no because he was like throwing grenades and like making it seem like there was like a bunch of commotion oh really and so he captured this whole army basically alone because he fooled them into thinking that there was more than one man literally one dude it's crazy i guess that sounds familiar yeah it's pretty popular famous story i mean it's iconic you don't remember the guy's name i don't but that kind of reminds me of that too. That's kind of cool. Yeah, people are people be stupid. <laughs> actually, um, all right. So Lonnie's a spy. Did not see this coming, at all. Again, did not see oh, this just coming. Skip all this and just get to the monologue, dude. Well, I Lonnie. didn't. I didn't write down the monologue because oh, I because you're gonna you're gonna play it at the beginning of the episode. Remember, I was like, you're gonna have to edit that in. <laughs> you're gonna have to edit that in. Is it is the best piece of writing. I don't know if I can do that. Really? Because it's very recent, really, in the grand scheme of things, and I don't think they're just putting that on YouTube. Oh, well, maybe. We'll try. We'll try to edit it in. Let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, and I it's a really, it phone. it's a really long speech. I did not write it down. I'm sorry. Um, but what is fascinating... Are these all the notes I have? I don't have very many. Um... What is fascinating about this whole thing is, first of all, again, well done. Did not see Lonnie is a spy coming. Yeah. At all. And kudos to that actor as well. Oh, yeah. Because he pulled that off. Yeah, he's really good in that scene. Um, I mean, he pulled off not looking suspicious in previous scenes where we see him at the ISB. He was not suspicious at all. Really. Flew under the radar perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and then we did start noticing how many actors from Chernobyl are, are in this yeah. show, which makes sense. It's the same vibe of tension, and there's a there's a connection oh, somewhere. Like somebody in that production is involved in this production. Oh. I can't remember what the connection is exactly, but um, anyway, uh, long live that show. The oh, Chernobyl man. Long live. I, I can long never watch that again. That, that show stressed me out. So That's a one timer. You don't. You don't no. watch. You watch it once. Yeah. It's just like um. Uh, honestly, I kind of think Devs is like one of those too, but not for us though. Oh God, Chernobyl's so much more stressful than Devs. No, but no, I'm not saying it because of the stress. I'm just oh. saying as a series, you watch it once. I mean, it's kind of like Breaking Bad too. Like you watch it once, you remember it forever. I I don't know. I would usually watch shows multiple times, but Chernobyl, nah. I should probably rewatch that. Yeah, I was just so friggin' stressful. I was like just over the cut, like at the cusp of understanding film when I watched that really? show. Like I was barely there. I was like so close to below coherence but like i was there but i need to rewatch it because i'm sure there's a lot more that i did not notice also that score is fire also our lord and savior captain kennedy is in chernobyl that's true <laughs> that's true 
Uh, yeah, that score is... Uh, Hilder. Hilder, yeah. Yes. She won, an, I think she won yeah. an Emmy and an Oscar that year. Fire. <laughs> That's crazy. Heat. For real. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so Luthen's monologue. Basically, the bottom line is, very interestingly, that in an episode called One Way Out that is about escaping, because again, this is the theme of the episode, Mon Mothma, you got one way out, and it's through this scumbag that you don't want to work with, basically. Prisoners, you got one way out, and if you can't swim, you're screwed. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 question. What? Sorry, I'm going to forget this. Has there ever been a soliloquy in Star Wars? No, not like this. Not like this. Well, no, this isn't a soliloquy, but has there ever been a soliloquy? Uh, I mean, I... It might as well be a soliloquy. It's not, though, because it's a soliloquy fine. is alone fine, to it's the audience. Fine, 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 fine. I don't think there ever has been one. That would be crazy if, like, if like, the, the, like cut to a scene and the character starts just talking to themselves. You know who would deliver a soliloquy Ooh. because he's crazy? Saw. True. <laughs> <gasps> he totally would. <laughs> that would be so good. It would be so good. That would be so good. Um, but anyway, my point was the one-way-out thing for, for Mon Mothma, for the prisoners... Basically, Luthen is telling Lonnie in this scene, no, no, you have no way out. You are literally trapped. And so am I. <laughs> one way out, no way out. <laughs> you have no, you do not have one way out. Yeah. You are trapped in this life, just like I am. And, I mean, he obviously says it in a stunningly beautiful speech yeah. that he gives. And the acting, my God. Like, when I heard Stellan Skarsgård in a Star War. This is what you wanted. This is, I didn't even dare hope for this (laughs) level, because I didn't think the writing would be this good. Even people who do, even, I saw people who literally could not give any hex about film, like as an art form, and just like watch like Kardashians and stuff like that. (laughs) I saw people who like at that level of awareness. Yeah. Talking about that monologue. Forwarding this monologue. Yeah, and being like, yo, this is, like, cool. Yeah, it is cool. I've made my mind a sunless space. Alliteration! Almost knocked me on my butt. Double alliteration, baby. I never wrote, I never noticed that there's two, there's two alliteration in that one sentence. I've made my mind a sunless space. Oh! What? There's three M's! I've made my mind a sunless space. Oh, and space ends with us. Bro, I never noticed that. Bo Willimon. Whoa, dude. What chill. are you doing? Chill. Yeah, <laughs> chill, exactly. And poor Lottie is standing there like, uh, okay, I guess I'm, I guess you're right. I guess I'm your bitch for life. Like, he just gives up and, le- and yeah. then he sends him back down. He doesn't even talk. He's just like, Catch on the flip side. Bye. What's the matter? Do you hear that? No. Oh, it's gone now. Sorry. Um, but yeah, dude. What What were some of the other uh, other things that he said? Um, he says, what have you sacrificed? Well, I like how he repeats, what is my sacrifice? Calm. I like how he repeats, what is my sacrifice? Yeah. Kinship. That's very Shakespeare. Or that's actually, no, that's... That's very, it's a very, that's very limericky. Like, it's like a, um. As soon as, 
I heard this, the first thing I thought was calm. Oh yeah, there's alliteration, or there's not a. It's consonants technically, but when he says calm, kinship, kinship, kindness, kindness, love, alliteration, good stuff. And then she just like Hurts. goes off on yep. saying like, I'm a bad guy now, and there's nothing I can do about it because I've invested in doing this. But I know that I'm never going to see the fruits of my labor. Like, I know I will never see. Because I'm a bad guy now. And I don't deserve it, really. It's almost like he was saying, I don't deserve to see the fruits of my labor. Yeah. Because I'm as bad as the as the Imperials, to be honest. Like, the stuff that I do is so awful. There's really no redemption for me. Like, it's, it's a done deal. Hmm. And it's interesting, too, that he says, I made a decision 15 years ago. Or I made a calculation. It made a calculation. Yeah, equation. Equation 15 years ago uh, that I'm never going to see the answer to. And it's just led me to. It's basically like I'm, I've been, I'm in hell and there's nothing I can do about it. It's a job now. I have to see this through. P.S. Same to you. Mm-hmm. And that poor guy. He was just kind of like, wow, okay. <laughs> touched a nerve. Delaney said, touched a nerve, Yeah, bro. <laughs> his eyes are just like glassed over as he's listening to this guy talk. Yeah. It's just one of the best scenes. I wonder how many takes it was. I've ever seen. I'm not even talking about Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I know. It's not Star Wars. It's one of the best monologues I've ever seen. And Stellan Skarsgård. And Star Wars. Is just... This, uh, That's Scorsese, Scorsese level. Like I said, I, I didn't dare to hope that the writing would be this good. And I just hoped that he would be like this broody badass, which he is. And love that. But damn. I'm never getting <laughs> over this monologue. Let's just oh, say yeah, that. It's the best, man. I'm never getting over there it. There probably won't be any better monologue in Star Wars. <sighs> probably, unfortunately. Unless Acolyte brings something to the table, which it might. I hope. It might. But I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be hard to be. Like, again, this is up there with Adam Driver's Because it's not. It, also, just also keeping in mind, it's not just the monologue, though. It's where the monologue is placed. Yeah. And the green light. Oh, the green light. Because what would have been interesting, I thought to myself, I'm like, maybe it would have been cool if they put it in the beginning of the episode. Like, if it opened with that. Nah. Dude, I would I would love that. Cause that's that's like a very that's a classic like, that's a very Noah Hawley approach. Like you put like an allegory at the beginning of the episode, and then everything unfolds in the context of the actual plot. You know what I mean? I guess. But this has a different effect. Like this is this is obviously like it roots you back in the context of the rebellion. It's dark and stuff. Cause you're you can't end the episode on a happy note. But God then forbid. the way that he ends it, you know, saying I need all the heroes I can get. Yeah. And sends Lonnie back down, and then it cuts to Cassie yeah. and, and Melshi running yeah. free on the beach, like, yeah. in the moonlight, like, a beautiful shot yeah. of them running away. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Are you kidding? All right, we made it. That's what I say. I'm, I'm, I love the last two episodes. Like, the finale was spectacular. I loved it. But I don't know if it's better than this scene. Mm, the, uh, this scene like I don't know if there's a scene in the finale the oh that beats this scene 
as far as I lost my mind when I heard this, when I watched this scene. Because first of all, it starts with Lonnie being a spy, which I had no idea. Then I disagree. So then I was this. like, oh my God. I disagree. Okay, I know what you're going to say, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the finale. Yeah. Like, that scene is incredible. But I, I agree. have a trump card on you that you, this is, the, you're wrong. Like, it's not an opinion. All right, all right. You're wrong. Okay. Because, of, I don't know. Because here's the thing. It's Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. You know Stellan Skarsgård is going to deliver, okay? I, yes, I do. You have no idea that that person is going to deliver that. That person. That person. Fiona Shaw? Yeah. Fiona Shaw. Is she famous? Is very famous. Oh. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know. She's got a closet full of Emmys, I would dare to say. Yeah. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad, y'all. My bad. My bad, y'all. But that's the thing. Like, okay, fine. But an old woman, I though? get it. I get it. The old woman monologue? Okay, though? don't give any spoilers for the finale, because people might be listening to this in the future, and they haven't seen the finale. And the build. This monologue is good, but the monologue, okay, you, it kind of has a build. You're swaying me. But the final monologue, that's the build, dude. You're kind of swaying from me. From nothing. That monologue starts from zero, and it goes to 100 Okay, let me just say, this is maybe the recency effect, because I just yeah. watched these two episodes, Probably like, right. three times in a row, and I'm just, like, s- reliving and how, the music, dude? how amazing cap. This, cap. this speech is. Yeah, you're Cap. I, I, maybe I'm Cap. <laughs> and it keeps cutting to the Imperials and the, and the, the citizens of... Okay, but, 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 uh, this isn't a spoiler. And they keep cutting back true. and forth. They keep cutting back and forth between them, and they're, like, they're, they're like looking up at the, you know hologram thing and then they're looking back at each other like are they gonna do it are they gonna do something are they gonna do something dude it's so okay okay well so to close out our discussion on this um prison arc um 10 out of 10 yeah dude is it your favorite of the arcs oh yeah oh yeah the minute i feel like you would say any of them are your No, favorite. no, no, no. The you minute I saw a floating oh, yeah. seven-sided prison. Like, oh, my vibe. And they said the number seven like 80 million times. I was like, okay, they're speaking in my language. Now <laughs> it's a lotus flower. It's a water episode. It's everything I ever wanted. Yep. It ends with this friggin' speech. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else. I, I was really afraid that the last two episodes wouldn't come close to as great as this arc was. It was good, though. It, 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 it does come close. It might even be tied. I don't know. Like I said... The, Not better, though? I'm going to have to watch... I haven't... Wa- I need to watch those two episodes and, like, really ruminate and take notes and stuff. The last episode... We'll see how I feel after The I last that. episode is Star Wars. It is. This episode is not. And if you say that this... <gasps> What? Well, I thought you said that. You said that it's not exactly like Star Wars. Like, you're not watching. Just the torture scene in episode nine oh, was oh. not. Well. That really threw me off. Really, like, ooh. Okay, I don't mean, damn. I don't, when I say it's not Star Wars, that's not, like, how people say, like, this isn't Star Wars. I'm not trying to say it like that. I'm saying that that last episode, the last episode is very much Star Wars. You can tell. This episode, if you did not know who Andor was... The only thing that you're going to know is Star Wars is the blasters. <laughs> like, that's literally the only thing. Okay, but the themes this. and the... Yeah, I mean, yeah. The whole 
you know, be starting a revolution, starting a rebellion yeah. is is all Star Wars. Right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. It felt very Star Wars to me. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm Cap. I'm Cap. I think I'm Cap. I think you're Cap. Cap. Whatever Sorry, that Cap. means, Gen Z. I don't know. I still don't understand what Cap No Cap means. But <laughs> you've explained it to me a hundred times. I still don't get it. Honestly, yeah. You know what? I think this one's better than the last. Ah, uh, see, we gotta watch it. We. We'll, I we'll... think this. I think this one's better than the last one though, because the last one has like scenes that are. Um, like kind of like I mean they're good obviously but they're not they're not it's not this episode because you know everything what, builds. Though, that whole ship escape. God, that's good. Oh God, that's good. What? I I don't want to say anymore. We'll talk. I'll, Luthen. Oh my God. You mean Luthen? Can you is zip that what it? is that an yes. episode? I thought that's in the next episode. It is. It's a two part finale more or less. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, dude. Oh my God. That's some money. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. I can't wait to talk about those two. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that concludes our discussion on Nobody's Listening and One Way or One Way Out. Yeah, One Ooh. Way Out. No Way Out, One Way Out. Um, if you would like to reach out to us, I'm on Twitter at FreyAdjacent. We do have a Twitter handle at Unknown Pod, but I actually never ever tweet from that account. So at Frey Jason's probably the best. Mm. And Colin is on Instagram at Colin underscore MJ, MJ underscore Whitlick. And he has his poetry account. I haven't posted on it in a while, though. Actually, let me see when was the last time I. But, but your Lotus poem is on there, right? True. Yeah, you should check it out. Actually, I'm pretty proud of it. I think it's. What's your poet? Poetry in Instagram? It's cringe. At I am C- not a poet. Like <laughs> no. It's CMJW underscore not underscore uh, underscore poet. Okay. <laughs> but, um. And I, I just, can... oh, actually, no, you know what? You know what? Hold on. The la- the most recent thing I did on here, I wrote a, cu- like a, um. Didn't you write a bunch of haiku? A triptych, a diptych, right? That's the two. Oh, I thought you wrote a bunch of haiku. I have, yeah. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But is it diptych? Is that a word? Yeah. I wrote a diptych of haikus. And they're both named the same thing. Except one of them's V1, the other one's V2. Mm. And it starts with the same line. It's a haiku, so there's only three lines. There's not a lot of words left. But it starts with the same line, and then the rest of the two lines develop that line from entirely different contexts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's... Kind of fun, but yeah, the po- the the lotus one is called Nalumbo Nucifera, which is the nomenclature, the binomial nomenclature of a lo- uh, lotus. Nice. And it's alliteration. There's literally alliteration in it, Ooh. so I'm like, I'm just gonna use this. this Fire. Cool. Yeah, yeah, actually, I do remember that poem. That's maybe one of my favorite ones. It's cool. I it's we it's a little it's it's a little. Um, I'll screenshot it and put it on my. Um, it's a little Twitter. messy, but yeah. I'll good. screenshot it mm. and tweet it. Cool. Um. Anything else? Uh, I should probably update the people on what's going on. With? The capstone. Second capstone. I mean. Oh, second capstone. Have we podcast, have we recorded since my other capstone? Probably not. Oh, geez. Oh, no, maybe once. Okay. Because I think. Oh, yeah, we definitely did. It was like November 9th or something like that when we podcast last Who am I kidding? There's no way we would have podcasted. No. If it wasn't for that piece being done. No. No, no. Okay, y'all. So. I'm currently 
I literally my my hands were shaking today from how stressed I am about it because I'm stressed stressed. But but let the people also know. You chose this life. <laughs> okay, so what is that quote? You chose this life. Don't be a bitch. Oh my god, I'm not being a bitch. <laughs> I'm just saying my hands are shaky. I know. So I'm working really hard. I know, but, but, but you're so stressed, and I'm just like you I'm working on. Path, it's literally like Col- baby Colin's dream, basically. It, I mean, literally, I like to think that like I when I started writing music, you know how I wrote for like larger ensembles. Pretty much immediately. Mm-hmm. I kind of just went to win ensembles and stuff. I'm pretty sure that the only reason that I started doing that was because I was in a dream state that I would someday write Star Wars music. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first thing I ever wrote, a little bit of some background on your boy, on your co-host, okay? The first thing I wrote was a transcription. It was a rhythmic transcription for snare drum. That I wrote at my aunt's house when I had nothing better to do. I had a I had a piece of what are you doing? What are you doing? I was trying to remember where that quote was from. Go ahead. Oh my god. I was at Aunt Amy's house. Mm-hmm. And do you know about this? I'm not sure. Well, I I didn't have any staff paper. But all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, I'm going to transcribe this. So I got a piece of copy paper, the blank, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I drew out my own staffs, staves. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this snare drum transcription of the Battle of Hoth oh. music. That's the first thing I've ever written. Ever. Really? It's in this house, I know. Um, it probably is. It's. I think it's next to the piano. But that's the first thing I ever wrote with pen. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> with pen. so stupid. And now just like, okay, so I haven't even told you guys what's going on. I'm it's sure eight you, years. I'm sure you talked about this before. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, go but ahead. the people, but for the people that know it's real, that's what's important. Um, I'm gonna burp. Hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so my one of my, my final project for my sound recording technology degree is to take a scene from a movie and to take out all of the sound, which includes dialogue, sound effects, and music, and I have to put in my own music. I have to put in my own dialogue, and I have to put in my own sound effects and mix it all. Basically. And that's for my final project, which essentially gets my degree. And I am doing the Battle of Hoth from Star Wars Episode Five, And it's 12 and a half minutes. It's really long. And what was the requirement for the assignment? I think it's like four. <laughs> but it's fine. No, it's not. And my mom. It's not fine, actually. <laughs> you're playing Leia. You're going to be Leia. Yeah. Dad's going to be Han. And Delaney's going to be C-3PO. It's going to be great. And I'm excited. And it's getting recorded. It's, so I, it's going to be written by the end of January, hopefully, and recorded by a live orchestra. I'm very excited. And what we should do, you know what we should do? I should put the recording at the end of one of these episodes. Just put it in there. Just be like, here it is. Yeah, you should. Um, um, just so you're aware, you chose this path. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> a quote. From one Mr. Min Yoon, <laughs> a.k.a. Sugar, a.k.a. Augusty. Oh, respect. Yeah. It's in one of the songs. that. And I... yes, I chose it, but you know what I didn't know? <laughs> I didn't know that I was only going to have a month, let's just say. That is true. <laughs> that was um, not no something one knew you, that. Could, you could have predicted. Yeah, so whatever. Um, but... 
it, it, you'll get it done. It may it's not be. I might need to trim it down. <laughs> the most perfect execution that you would dream of. Yeah. But you can always, like I said, if you want to submit that for in your portfolio or whatever, you can always go back and futz with it. Yep. And make it better when you have more time. I think it'll be fine anyway. I just think it's not going to be. It's not going to be like the harps and woodwinds and strings are flying everywhere and it's like beautifully <laughs> orchestrated. It's not, it's not going to be like that. It's just going to be, it's going to be bombastic for a large portion of it since it's a battle. <clears throat> but um, yeah. I'm hoping that I can dilute that when there's not a battle on screen, like what we've been talking about. Yeah. With orchestration. But, um, but I can say, it's fun. I can say personally, like the fact that you wrote out character motif. Yeah, true. Helpful. was very smart and has come in clutch a couple of times now. Yeah, because I just didn't, I didn't just do it because it's like, oh my god, Star Wars, I gotta write themes. It's like, compositionally <clears throat> speaking, it helped me speed up because it's like, I just take these three notes, I'm just gonna rotate them and just like make them into this da 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 you know, And you would think writing Luke, another Luke Skywalker <laughs> motif would be the hardest thing yeah. in D the world. Dude. Nah, because it, took me it like is a day. the most famous piece of film music. It starts with the same interval though. Starts with the fifth. But it's it's good. Thanks, man. I like it. Thanks, bro. Preach, preach. And I also really like Leia's theme that she wrote because it's Thank extremely you. different from yeah. J Dub's Leia's yeah. theme. It's more serious. Which is fine because yeah. I've always kind of. She's I mean, a hard ass, dude. I, I am not dissing J Dub's. Do not come at me. It's not his fault, dude. Her character is Princess Leia. Right. She wrote a princess theme. He wrote a princess theme. But it yeah. is very much not her personality. Let's yeah. just say that. It's way romantic. Like, it's yep. way princessy. Agreed. Yours is more of the general Leia, yeah, yeah. like, battle commander. I'm going for the youth and the general. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm going for, rather than... Because, like, I also have to keep in mind, <clears throat> Battle of Hoth, there's no romance. There's one look. That yeah. they have, yeah. That's it. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not really super concerned about that. But all right. Well, um, is there anything else? Oh yeah, and the imperial theme. There's an imperial theme. Oh yeah, that's good too. There's a rebel theme. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, of course. How can I not mention this? I'm actually using the um, the unknown regions theme. A little bit. Uh, it, it's like three times I think, but it's used as a rebel theme. This time. Interesting. And it works well, I think. So. Interesting. Anyway. Interesting. 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 Fun times. All right. All right. That's going to be so Now cool. you're updated. Actually, is there copyright? Well, no, there wouldn't be because there's no video. Copyright of what? If I if I took my whole capstone when it's done, if it's the dialogue, the sound effects, and the music, and I just put it on the end of this podcast, there's no copyright there. Well, you can... As long as there's no video. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, that's totally. sick, dude. I'm totally doing that. I'm just going to be like, okay, movie time. And then, like, it starts. I wow. mean... You couldn't put it on YouTube? There can't be a video. Really? Uh, I mean, well, maybe there could I feel like, be. I feel like because no, there the must sound be to, is completely seen, different, yeah. it, it wouldn't get... You just can't get paid for it. It wouldn't get, like, you won't get pinged or whatever. Anyway. No, it would because it's a video. <clears throat> but, I, but I know that, you know, my some of my professors have posted videos that their classes have done, and it's like... Sixth Sense, like it's obviously not common, oh, gra common material. So, 
Well, I mean, if people want to see films. it, you will find a way to let you see it. Yeah, probably just on like Facebook or something. I mean, and it's going to be shown in public. <sighs> well, yeah, in potentially. April. Oh, yeah, potentially. Well, no. Oh, oh, the election to fall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now maybe Colin can't go to celebration because of it. <sighs> maybe. You know what? I'm literally living... I'm doing my own celebration. I still Smart. think you should go because I still want to submit for the podcast stage, oh, and yeah. I can't do that without my co-host. I am literally living my own Star Wars celebration. I'm preparing my own Star Wars celebration. <laughs> I understand. It's I a understand. different level, bro. Guys, it's hyped over here, man. <laughs> All right. We're going to go now because he's going to yell at me. About to stay up till 5, 8, 8, 5. Even though this is entirely his no. fault. I was ready to sign off 20 minutes ago. No, that's good. All I right. noticed you only went two minutes over. Okay. Oh, good for me. That's good. All right. Well, um, we will be back to discuss the last two episodes of Andor. And then next week, the frigging Bad Batch is back. And I couldn't be more excited. I can't wait. Oh, my God. Whoa. I can't wait. Oh yeah, my god. I'm excited. Oh my god. Oh my god. Crusher. <laughs> I mean Wrecker. Oh, Crusher. <laughs> Wrecker. <laughs> yeah. Are you excited? Yes. Are you actually going to watch it? Yeah. In real time? Well, those episodes are short. Yeah, so. they are. They are. That's true. Well, the first one's probably not going to be. <clears throat> it's it's manageable. I feel like they're releasing the first two together. <laughs> I'm going to watch them one at a time, though. I'm not going to watch them. I both. might be wrong. But I feel like that's the case. How many is in the season? No. No. But it's a good number. It's like 15, something Ooh. like that. Yeah, something like that. Whoa. A bunch. Isn't that way more than the first oh. one? The first one had like eight or something. And I, Oh, no, it had more than that. But we should probably address that the way we're going to podcast about it is probably in arcs. Because that just works better for Colin's schedule, because he really can't... Actually, I was going to talk to you about... He really can't record weekly. He just doesn't have the time, Uh, so... I I literally just thought of something that might change that. Oh. But we'll talk about it later. All right. All right, well, anyway, um... Hey, Colin. What's up? See you around, kid. Bye! Thank you for listening to Unknown Regions Podcast. The introductory theme for Unknown Regions Podcast was composed by Colin Whitlick and was performed live by a volunteer orchestra. This recording and composition is the intellectual property of Colin Whitlick, but please feel free to hire him for all your compositional needs. He is the composer you're looking for. All the opinions expressed on Unknown Regions Podcast are of a personal nature and in no way reflect that of Disney or Lucasfilm. Thanks again for listening. See you real soon.